Well, we made it through a grueling couple of weeks there, huh? Yeah, I'm glad we took a we took a week off because yeah. some stuff was happening. Some things were happening. I, I have to ask you a question. You know, there are people. Um, sometimes somebody like wins an Academy Award, and it's got to be an incredibly exciting event in their life, right? Yeah. Uh, then maybe some people win a second Academy Award. Like Meryl Meryl Streep has won a second Academy Award a number yeah. of times. It's got to feel even more validating the second time. More validating the second time, or mm. is it less? But it, but maybe it's less exciting. Well, I mean, I think it puts you in a, instantly in a new category. So there's new a new category. excitement because you're new. like now you're edging into you know historic world historic proportions right. at a second so, at a so second the time. Second impeachment does it hurt oh, less? Let's see where you're going with this. Yeah. Let's see. So does it hurt less? Because oh, I've I've been here before. I've had I've been impeached before. Um, probably depends a little on who you're talking about receiving that information. Right. Yeah. For me, I would I would find it to be extremely depressing and a uh, and a and a doubly painful blow to the groin. <laughs> to the groin, the whole groinage area. The whole groin area. <laughs> yeah. Not good. No. Not good. So um or really really good. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Um you said been, something in when we were chatting before the show because people, briefly, people might not just know very we briefly. We know each other. We hang sometimes, yeah. Uh and you you mentioned you said, Oh, well, I have to do blah 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 on the show. I'm I didn't know you were doing what show are you doing? I am doing um I'm doing this great um theater piece that's been adapted to like podcast land um it's it's this new play written by my dear friend trish harnto who's a, a great playwright and she also is doing this film that got into sundance this short film that she directed this thing right. so i've worked with her a lot and um this is this new uh piece that she wrote that playwrights horizons is producing and um it's a six-part uh extravaganza and it's just great it's just great i'm having a blast it's really fun we're almost done recording it and it's been really great to to get to act in something during this whole experience um and have and have it be a good project it's just been fun and there's there's i don't know if i'm allowed i can't i don't want to say too much but there there you know there's some uh, musical things that happen that i have to be on top of and i'm using some skills i haven't used since like chorus in high school so with mr dunn mr dunn that's great, right yeah the great mr dunn he was pretty fantastic um he was great he taught me how to sing that yeah, guy me too a lot yeah. every afternoon after school for an hour he was one of the few teachers we probably shared because you were on a much more how should we put it um scholastic track in school than i was <laughs> and um <laughs> i feel like maybe he was the only teacher that we had in common did you do anything with mr stewart no i didn't go into the theater into the didn't go into the theater mm -mm. what about did you take typing or health driver's ed i did those things yeah well, maybe we had the same teachers for those mr gilhooley i don't know mr <laughs> mrs chelswecky <laughs> You know, I don't I don't remember the names of those teachers. I hate could have been them. But I'll bet we're gonna get emails from people from, from anybody named Gil Hooley. You don't I, I, 
it's one of my favorite names from movies, Gilhooey. Yeah. So we, but we have some exciting news. We're a podcast now. Yeah. Like yeah. iTunes. You worked your behind off getting that all organized. I did. Well, it was easy because I was in quarantine. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. Which you're now, you, where are you with that? You've been in quarantine for a few days. The last I time you were still there. For five days. Didn't mm-hmm. leave this bedroom for five days. And then got a call that the, I, I was in quarantine because I had a recording session. Right. And and after I got home from the recording session, I found out that the person who was in the, the studio before me had just tested positive. Okay. And after five days of quarantine, I got a call saying, Oh, it was a false positive. He's been tested many right. times since then in a PCR. And you're not allowed to say who it is, but it, it was it was a special person. It was a it was actually it was actually somebody whose work I I greatly greatly admire. Yet who uh, you might be uh, not that many people with you on that. So that's an interesting space to be in. It is, and I think a lot of people might not be with me on that. But I, I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I greatly admire. No, greatly admire should be reserved for people like. Saying, you know, I mean, like, there's Olivia. Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln. Yeah, I greatly admire. <laughs> I like his work an awful lot. Okay. And he's, and he's the kind of guy who, you know, if I got a job working with him, I'd be like, oh, cool, that'll be fun. Now you're talking more the language. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe greatly admire. <laughs> I'm saying I don't. <laughs> Um, I will say that that I did a play uh, out in California at South Coast Rep for for which I will say with modesty I got quite a great deal of acclaim. You did do very well out there with that show. And I have found out now that he is playing that role in the movie. But you know what are you going to do? You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> see it. You're gonna see it on an airplane one day and get very depressed and have yes. two Bloody Marys on the plane <laughs> or three. Yeah. But the good thing is that Bloody Mary I have is going to be made with my booze that I have made. So that's, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And let's obviously say that during this time of suffering, we have been hard at work, on selfishly indulging in our own interests out of terror and fear. So we what are you? Getting, um, my partners and I are each receiving Federal Express packages tomorrow with the prototype for the spirit that we're going to be. Are you serious? Today. That's great. We're getting the prototype tomorrow. We, you know, I, I made this at home. I drove it down to a flavor company in in Maryland, a company whose job it is to extract and standardize the flavor. Their senior chemist has completed his work, mm-hmm. and uh, he's shipping the the new prototype to us to make sure that it's the way. We Amazing! Want it. I don't know if anybody's listening. What is the uh, you're making? A, a, it, it's called Batch Twenty Two. It mm-hmm. is a a uh, grain alcohol based spirit with a proprietary blend. <laughs> Let me say that word again: mm-hmm. proprietary blend of herbs, spices, and botanicals. And uh, the president of the of the flavor company and the senior chemist, when they tasted our prototype, both said they had never tasted anything like it before. Which and is a compliment, yes. It, well, I said my response was, "Well, that could be good." Yeah. Or Never. That's like when somebody sees you in a play and they're like, how do you learn all those lines? And you're yeah. like, Did no, you they like said it's good. They said they liked it. They both liked it a lot. And mm-hmm. and then the president, com- the president of the company said, even if somebody says to me, 
only 2% of the people like this, my response to that is congratulations, you just got 6 million customers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's very exciting. I mean, uh, you know, you, you also have, it's interesting because you've described it in such a way that leaves me mystified. I, I know it's a grain alcohol, it has flavors in it, but would you call it a Malbec? Or a oh, no, no, no. We gin and tonic. I don't know what it is that. No, it's 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 a spirit that you would drink uh, much the way you would drink vodka, but it's flavored. Okay. But it's not like a flavored vodka, not a flavor you've had before. Is it, originally you were talking you about it. something called aquavit. Is is that technically? It's what not an aquavit. It's not an aquavit. No. So you've got you guys are on a new. You're on a completely no. new trajectory. I don't know our what to expect. New, our whole new thing. Um, so that's really great. And then, you know, there's other things that I wanted to mention since we're brothers and we, uh, we grew up uh, in the same household uh, and we grew up with the same mother. But I do have to tell you, when you're in quarantine with somebody, mm -hmm. you learn things uh, about them that you didn't know before. Okay. Um, and so uh, I do have to say that right now it's time for So did you know Did you know that when she was about 8 years old mom apparently was known as as one of the best football players in her neighborhood and and mind you, it was not touch. It was not touch football. It was foot. She would go out there and she would play with her cousin Ricky, who was a year older. Bratty, uh -huh. two D's, not bratty, but right. bratty. Right. Uh, who was mom's age? And Dicky. She's not sure how old Dicky was. Mm -hmm. But you know, no no touch football for her. She was she was ah. apparently really good. She's a real tomboy. And uh, she tells me, uh, to quote her, th that they were stunned that she was so good. And <laughs> Not as stunned as me, but I, that's yeah. fantastic. And they would finish up the holiday meals with Aunt Bernice's holiday pie, the, the pie that killed the guy. Remember the famous the pie, pie that, killed the guy. that killed the guy. Yeah. yeah. The story for another time. Yeah. But, You'll uh, want to tune in for that one. They would ask to be excused, and then they would rush out to play football. This was when she was eight, nine, and ten years old. I, you know, I knew she was a tomboy. I didn't know she, uh, I didn't know that she, she played football to this level. I, I, what's amazing too, is that she, her neighborhood, I mean, she's not like she was from Oswego. She's from like dirt down yeah, dirty from, like, New York, Lottie, Long Island. Lottie Dottie land out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't realize this mom. If you're listening, I, I, I want to hear some stats on, uh, on how you did on what i mean what position did you play and all kinds of stuff yeah it's uh it's kind of kind of cool wow before we dive into like the reason we're here we should we you know we mentioned the website the podcast we have it's a all, website up to yeah. arkinbros.com you can Arkin go Bros. there and it will take you to uh to our podcast on itunes um, yeah so we're going to talk about a movie i guess that's kind of what this show, that's why that's like the the setup for this show. We don't actually, have to. Before we do that, there is something else I want to talk about. Because I've been thinking about this a lot. And it's like, I think there are four categories of movies. 
Oh, okay, I like where this is going. Okay, they're good movies, and they're bad movies. Mm-hmm. There are good bad movies, and there are bad good movies. I think that's an interesting. Is there a place for great movies? That's a, a subcategory of good movies. But oh, okay. Like, and and I feel like you know I feel like we've had a pretty good run on this show. But I feel like where we, the the only one in that group that we should avoid are <laughs> the bad movies, um, right? Because a good movie, there's lots to talk about, and a good bad movie, there's even more to talk about. There's more to talk about, yeah. and a bad good movie, there's lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. But a bad movie, it's just like, why? What are we going to do with our day? Well, a bad movie is like there's a difference between a, a like there are bad movies i love bad movie is a hard word to use here because well, that's what i think is that that's a, a a good bad movie the ones that you love well exactly what i'm clarifying is that a bad movie as opposed to a good bad movie or a bad good movie a yeah. bad movie is the equivalent of a meal that actually makes you sick <laughs> yeah that either gives you indigestion or you're like you're sick for days. Yeah, that's a bad movie, and it's not it's not fun. It's not None fun of it. You, it doesn't taste good, and then it makes you. It's like a, it's like an airport meal that then makes you sick. You don't enjoy eating it, and then the aftermath is bad. So it's not a it's not a an enjoyable experience. Right. Okay. So now we've got the uh, we've got the four categories, and mm. we seem to be somewhat in agreement on that. I I like how you're breaking this down. Yeah. So this movie that we're going to talk about today, <laughs> what is it? Is it a good movie? Is it a bad movie? Is it a good, bad movie or a bad, good movie? You just want me to say it? You're asking me, like, is this rhetorical? Or well, is this I, 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 I have my, we could, we could, to make ourselves be truthful, we could each write down what we think and then show it to each other so that we're not lying. But I suspect we're going to agree. On which category is it? Okay. I don't need to write it down. I think this is a bad movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I categorize this as a bad movie. I'm, I'm, I was going to say it's a bad, good movie, but I'm going to revise. And I think I'm going to revise and join you. We'll talk okay. about it. Okay. The reason I was saying a bad, good movie is because it, it has, but I think I agree with you because it has many of the elements in movies that I love. Agreed. Like a lot of things that should really, really, really work. In- including a cast that is not anything to shake a, you know. And then it does stuff where I'm like, you, you crossed, you stole from another genre that shouldn't be in this movie and really screwed it up. So let's dive in. What movie are we talking about today? Today's uh, film is 1999's The Bone Collector, directed by Philip Noyce, starring Denzel Washington, Angelina Jolie, Queen Latifah, and many people we'll talk about. Um, I, you know, I think the defining nature of a bad, good movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm you sorry, think? what was Queen Latifah doing in this movie? I felt so bad for her because she... And I she, don't mean what was she doing like she was bad. I mean, like, no, what I mean, was she doing in this movie? Why did anybody give her... 
what, what, there was no part to play. They kept cutting to her and she was just kind of an, off to the side, just kind of making faces at stuff that was going on because there was no character for her to play. And, and the big payoff, then she has her, her moment of big payoff is, oh, turn that puzzle piece around. <laughs> I know. Well, amazing we needed a whole character for that. Okay, so let's just take it, take it easy for a second. Okay, Continue. you do your thing. You do this your is, thing for a few minutes. I'll lay back. The Bone Collector, um, which, uh, you know, we're going to, we're, if you haven't been used to this already, you better have either seen it or not care because we're going to spoil everything completely. This is from 1999, so all bets are off. We're not ruining anything early. And there's nothing to spoil, which is partly what uh, my problem is. This is a film. Uh, IMDb says uh, the plot is a quadriplegic ex-homicide detective and his partner try to track down a serial killer who is terrorizing New York City, which is the plot of about 97 films that I could name. Um, there's a lot to this movie that is not in that description. And wait, really? I just want to ask you one: you have 97 quadriplegic detective movies. Uh, that might be a high number. I, I just, I mean, if you take out if you take out the quadriplegic part, then then there's nothing. Um, no, nothing that separates it. But so it. Um, I think what I what I was going to say to further talk about your assessment of these four categories, which I like a lot. Um, both a good, bad movie and a bad, good movie. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Yeah. For, for those of you in podcast land, a cat just walked in front of you. Yeah, we had a little COVID buddies walking across yeah. my desk. Um, both of those categories of films, you, a, a, a prerequisite is that the idea of sitting your friends down and showing them that film and enjoying it with them is part of that. You could do that with either of those categories of film. Right. A yeah. bad movie, you just don't want to see it again. No. And I, and I rarely watch a movie that's that is just so tepid that I just don't I really don't want to see it. And it was almost hard to talk about, but a, but a couple of weeks ago on by since I've seen it and like I have things to say. But we, I want to find a movie like I want to go back to, I want to go back to Darker Than Amber Land. Like that's where I want to go. That's the wheelhouse right there. That was, was fun. That kind of discovery is really great. Yeah. This, well, we have we have one of a movie coming up that I think is going to be that for me when we get to it. We may have a divisive thing. I don't know. We'll see. No, no, um, not not next week's. But the 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 splash of terror or the the drip of awfulness, whatever the name of that movie is, blast of blast of silence. Blast of silence. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I have a, a feeling treat. I'm in for a big treat there. That's a treat. So, what did you think? So, you wh what about? I mean, why why are you what? Why did you think this was a a a, a bad good movie? Well, because what I was what I was throwing. No, I'm in agreement with you about everything. I was I was thinking of all of the things in it that are elements that I love about this kind of movie. Okay, New York City. New York City detective. Detectives, forensics, serial mm -hmm. killer. You know, I was when I was in law school, I was dubbed because I was always reading. You know. 
the Ted Bundy story or the or Fatal Vision, the the Jeffrey yeah. McDonald. So I was you were into that stuff before before a lot of people I knew were. Yeah, yeah. I was re and and so people started referring to me as the the chairman of the Ted Bundy fan club in when I was in law school. It's a flattering. That's this yeah, is a flattering. Was, I, yeah. I just always had one of those books in my hand. Um, so I, I love that kind of story. Um, so I was really, tr and I loved this book when it came out. Okay. I was going to ask if you knew the book. Uh, I, I, I loved the book and apparently, uh, he is a, uh, Fordham, uh, law graduate himself. I think Jeffrey Deaver, um, I think so law didn't work out for either of you guys. Then. <laughs> hey, hey, he. Yeah. So it's a good um, book. Um I got to say one of the worst screenplays I've ever I've ever heard. I mean it's off it's just awful. I'm sorry. It's awful. No, I'm I'm with you. The screenplay is 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 terrible. Um uh, in in searching for something good to say about it. Do you have anything good to say about it? I I, I do. I do because I think you know, um, I appreciate I appreciate what Denzel Washington was was trying to do with his part. I think mm -hmm. he he had he had at least one scene that really got to me that I thought was really emotional and and believable and and um, I mean it's simple. He it's just he breaks down, but it's not like a big dramatic scene. He just literally kind of like quietly just starts to cry you know break apart yeah. and sob and and you know i thought he he was trying i i i thought angelina jolie was get ready and game to do this movie she seemed you know i mean i i thought she was good um but i mean honestly like there were mo like brief things that it was like oh okay yeah. they dwindled pretty fast though and and honestly after her introduction, frankly, which I think is a pretty cool scene when she yeah. stops the train. Yeah. That was a great shot. Um, I think there's a shot here of it that I... Yeah, I can pull that um, up. They really do it. It's really impressive. Um, yeah, I've, I've got it right here. Describe this for our... No, not that one. Yeah. Well, that's the shot I'm talking about. It's actually another shot that's that's um, a little bit, a little bit to the left of this, and it's kind of a wide of the train just coming in from the left. But describe describe this to the home audience. What's okay? Going well, she's a that. beat she's a beat cop, kind of uh, on a trajectory to do some other kind of work, but she's kind of uh, got a lot to prove, and she's out on her job one morning and comes across a dead body in this in the tunnels um, here, uh, the Amtrak tunnels which would be on the west side of Manhattan. And um, a little kid kind of leads her in there and she finds a dead body. And then she on the on the railway tracks, she finds what looks to her to be uh, clues to maybe the, a murder. Uh, the, some some things are items are placed very carefully, some powder and, a, and an old nut and bolt and screw that are just kind of placed there with a piece of paper. And she thinks she may have just stumbled upon a crime scene and here's the train coming and she knows that the train is going to obliterate all the evidence so she stops she stands in the middle of the tracks and stops the train 
just kind of like putting her hand up. And it, I mean, I guess they could have pretty simply done it uh, with, a, you know, in two with two plates and not have a, had her in the shot. But it really does look like her and it looks like it, it's a real train. Yeah. And it's just a pretty impressive moment. There's my cat. Hey, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for well, I actually for have a story in. about that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, related to that scene that um, as we talked about earlier that I, I went to law school and one of my best friends from law school uh, had his entire career with the uh, New York County DA's office in the homicide division. And uh, he was um, asking another colleague, you know, to meet him for a drink after work or something. And she she couldn't go. She was working on a cold case. Um, she said, I have to go do this thing. And he's like, what? Well, some guy in jail who was up for all kinds of things um, and gone for a long time finally decided to cop to having killed an old girlfriend of his and burying parts of her body all over the city. <clears throat> and um, the only place that he could actually remember that he had placed something was that he had buried her head in the northern exit of the Amtrak tunnel under the West Side Highway. That's just where they shot this. Oh, so my God. Search, this gal had to go. He said, well, where are you going? She said, I have to go get an order to close the tunnel to train traffic so that we can dig up this woman's head. And my friend said to her, congratulations, they made a movie about this, and you were played by Angelina Jolie. <laughs> That's crazy. And this woman in wow. the attorney's office said, "Well, at least I wasn't played by Linda Hunt." All right, that's an unnecessary dig on Linda Hunt. <laughs> well, I didn't say it. She could have um, said, "At least I wasn't played by Helen Hunt." Who knows? That's you know. true. That's true. Yeah. At least I wasn't played by William Hurt. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, who I also love. I don't know why I even said that. Um, Do you have tremendous admiration for him? I, 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 I kind of do actually. I, he, I, he's given, he's given some performances for the ages for me. I think he's been great in a few things. History of violence. Fantastic. Broheim. Broheim. Fantastic. Um, so back to the matter at hand, you know, I gotta say, I'm disappointed <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Disappointed. Uh, Philip Noyce, you know, he's currently working. He could hire us and he's made great movies. I don't know what happened here. Uh, he made a movie called Dead Calm, which was his breakthrough movie for U.S. audiences. It was the Australian film that was um, with Nicole Kidman. Uh, Nicole Kidman's first breakthrough movie also, I believe. A terrific movie. Really good movie. Billy Zane's first film. Um, yeah. And uh, really, really well done. And then he kind of got known for that and then made other really good movies. I mean, he made Patriot games and clear and present danger. Um, not my favorites, but he made rabbit proof fence and the quiet American and other like really responsible kind of interesting dramas and stuff. Patriot but games is a big favorite of mine. Patriot games is a good movie. I mean, it's not, that's not the kind of movie I run to the theater to see, but I saw yeah. it and I enjoyed it and it's good. I don't know. This just seems like a disaster. Like a disaster. Like it didn't seem like anybody had fun making this movie. It feels like it, it's a chore to watch it. The guy who shot it, Dean Semler, is an amazing DP. Like he's incredible. He shot the Road Warrior. He shot 
Cocktail, which is a dumb movie, but a beautiful looking movie. Young Guns, Deadcom, he shot. Dances with Wolves, Apocalypto, Appaloosa. So he made all these great movies. This movie looks terrible. It looks terrible. It, his Everything looks fake, except the tunnels, which were real. His apartment looks like a Seinfeld set. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. There is one thing that Noyce or or the cinematographer did that uh, I'm not sure which one of them, uh, maybe the two of them together, uh, that I did really like, which was the 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 reliance on the long ECUs of both Denzel and Angelina Jolie in the scenes of the two of them together that allowed that allowed their stillness and just their eyes to do some work in those scenes. Now you're you look like you're about to laugh at me. Oh, I'm I'm looking to laugh because spoiler alert: the fact that they get married at the end of this movie is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. There's no. no I don't mean the, I don't mean the falling in love part of it. But I there is no mean... falling in love part. That's what I'm saying. They're setting up this thing that's going to happen at the end of it. Oh, I'm sorry. There was good. They're both good in it. They're good actors. They're both good. What can I say? I mean, Den Denzel Washington's one of the best actors out there. Uh, he they they were both really good, but but the best Denzel Washington movies to to my mind are the ones that somebody once said there's that they belong in a separate genre called "Don't you get Denzel mad?" <laughs> because. <laughs> It's bad news. That is bad news if he gets mad. Because his best movies are all those movies where it's like, no, I'm good. I'm just minding my own business. I'm just mind. Okay, now I'm pissed off. Yeah, that was a great middle period, Denzel, for sure. But I mean, you know, I was looking at the the roster of films just in in the sequence of of films that he made. And, you know, I mean, it's it's an incredible run. We could argue he's not gotten his even his due considering how much due he's got. But I mean, he had, I mean, you got Malcolm X. Did you say how much due he's got? Did you just say that? Well, his, the, what he's, oh, I may have, it was certainly <laughs> unintentional. I didn't mean that he, he maybe has not gotten his due is what I meant to say. <laughs> That's all I meant. Um, But like, I don't know, this came at a strange time. I mean, he, he was just about to go on to do the hurricane and remember the Titans and training day. Like he was just about to have this kind of resurgence, but I feel like bone collector was kind of a bad, that must've not been a good time. Yeah. The siege was not a movie. I think that really worked great. He got game. I hear is good, but I don't watch sports movies. So I don't know what to say about that. But recently before that, you got him like in the preacher's wife where they're trying to make rom-com guy out of like romantically yeah, yeah. make guy, which kind of worked anyway why do you have an actor that's that magnetic and and that's still anyway because he's very still yeah and then he sits in a bed for the whole movie i, I don't understand the choice yeah yeah all right how so, about that louis guzman though louis guzman spectacular although can i say can I tell you my favorite performance in the entire movie? Yeah. It's an actor named Arthur Holden who plays creepy bookstore clerk. 
<laughs> and he's he has one one line basically. Okay. It's this is where the movie got me pissed off, though, because he's wonderful. But this is where I felt like they started breaking the rules because they they do um they do the uh the voyeur camera thing in the bookstore to make us think that that the uh they they cheat in the movie i feel because oh, there, are two, there are two scenes where they do the the camera as voyeur they do it in the pool hall where the camera is the is the killer looking about and it's really him and then they do it again later in the movie and it's not him it's just camera as voyeur yeah. in the bookstore he's not there looking at her it's creepy bookstore guy looking at her but they don't establish that so it it's a, it to me that's that's you, you have put more thought into this than any of the makers of this film. I'm going to say it right now. Well, that's my job. That's um, why we're that's what we're being paid for here, Anthony. I get, I get, I don't, I don't know if it's cheating, if it's, if it's, if it seems to be unintentional. I don't think they knew they were doing it, is my point. I, I don't think, I don't know. There's so many Dutch angles in the, it's like this Dutch crazy for no reasons that I can pinpoint. It's unmotivated camera work. I, I'm, I'm, I don't understand why. Can why we talk about happen? the? Um, can we talk about the uh, uninspector calls poster in Michael Rooker's office? Can we talk about Michael Rooker for a second? A great actor who is just miscast in this movie. Mis why? And and the role no payoff to the role. None. At like all. He's, a, he's, a, he's one of the great character actors of that whole time and and they put him in a part that he's not right to play it's he does as good a job as he can but it's two-dimensional completely the script is terrible and he's one of these like pencil pushing cops that that is really by the book and blustery but isn't any good at his job for no reason he's just there as an impediment to denzel washington for zero reason did i miss something no. All right. Let, let's talk about something else though, that was fantastic. I know you'll think this was fantastic. You're yeah. going to back me up on this. That thing they do at the beginning of the movie where there's two people in bed, they you can tell they've slept together, and there's cop clothes and paraphernalia all over the place. And then one of them's getting dressed and ready for work, mm -hmm. right? And suddenly we find out it's not the guy; it's the woman. It's <laughs> incredible. It's mind blowing. And 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 yeah, it's mind blowing moment. Yeah, and um, well, it's like it's Bobby like Bobby Cannavale, who is a oh. great guy and a spectacular actor. Beefcake Bobby. This was Beefcake when it was Bobby. pure beefcake. There was no other reason he was there. No, just to look funky as hell. To play the gender bending role of like. Where is this relationship going? You're going off to your dangerous job, and I'm just supposed to wait here, you know. Yeah. And yeah. she's like with her Bronx accent, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, the other thing that happens is the first time we see him, he's playing computer chess. Again, like really, the Bobby. thing already did this, not Bobby. I mean Denzel when we first oh, see him. Right. It's just 
I don't know. There's so many things. Okay. Well, let me go through the list of stuff. I Falcon mean, come symbolism? on. Do we want to talk about Falcon symbolism? Go ahead. I do. I won't stop you. I have nothing to say about it. I want to give a shout out to Michael McGlone, who is... Uh, he's really... He's very good at it. He's he is completely and utterly convincing as a young detective in this movie. He's great. Um, nice, nice guy too, Michael. Um, and um, that's always nice to see him. It was nice to see, like I said, Michael Rooker. Um, I, I I like to see Queen Latifah. I wish they gave her something to do other than to just have sitcom cutaways where she makes faces. I don't I I don't understand that. Oh my God. Um, you know, you got. Louis Guzman is just given full Guzman. Like it's just it's like a comedy show. The minute he comes in and he takes over the movie, and it's great. Um, I, I, I all right. I when I didn't read the book. I have known nothing about this. Hadn't seen the movie. And five minutes in. Leland Orser shows up as an orderly nurse that's kind of just helping Denzel. And I turned to Amelia and I'm like, all right, well, now I don't have to see the end. And that's why I was right. You knew it was him? The second he, I saw him, I'm like, there's, that's, if Leland Orser, if they get him to be in this movie, it's because he's the killer. So there you go. I spoiled it for everybody. There, you ruined the whole thing. Okay. Can we talk about? I want to talk about my favorite shots, though. Some great shots. Uh, okay. Yeah. The leaping rat shot. Oh yeah, good. <laughs> I was good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I will say, okay. Uh, to be fair, um, I thought the scene of Angelina Jolie uh, crawling into the steam tunnels to find the body was creepy that that was effective I, I didn't want to see that body and she was quite good in that yeah but you have to get oh you know, like at every point that something good happens or where something reasonably inoffensively normal you know like not stupid happens uh it's, the whole structure is stupid it's laid over an idea that doesn't work so like, why the hell does he hire her? Why does he have to work with this woman? There's nothing about it that, that's believable. Because she has ama amazing instinct. Instinct? Instinct. Instinct. <laughs> and she's got big enough cojones to stop a train. All right. Uh, I, I, this brings me to another problem I have. I, I just think that in 1999, we were more advanced than the, the, than the forensics team yeah. Being one guy in janitor overalls showing up to to the to a tunnel somewhere. Please yeah. show this picture of Denzel's uniform. You're you're a cruel man. I'm not. This is unacceptable. You're a cruel, cruel man. This is Denzel Washington going to going to a crime scene to investigate. Is if the top forensics detective in New York, and they dress him like a like a Ma Bell utility pole lineman. It makes no sense. <laughs> Plus, in 1999, did they literally just send one person to do all that work? Well, yeah, you don't want to take a chance on crippling the whole force. 
you were in this business. You were a tracker of serial killers, Matthew. And I want to know. I don't believe they send. I don't believe they send one. One. I'm CSU thinking guy. There's got to be a guy to hold, at least hold the vials of bat and yeah, bags and they stuff. They don't send one CSU guy. In no, not in coveralls and a blue, on a blue Thomas the Train hat. No. Denzel's better than that. Don't do that to Denzel. No. So that's you know. We had Tyvek back in 1990. Right. This is so, this is incredible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another thing that I loved in the incredibly ridiculous scene where she thinks that where we think the killer has come to her apartment. Yes. But it ends up being Mike McGlone checking to see if she's okay. Right. Because everybody climbs up the fire escape. In New York? In New York. Come on. You haven't done that? Totally normal. That's how Um, I stay a load of my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she goes out into the hall, I think without her gun, right? Does she go in with her gun? I don't remember. She's got her gun. She comes back. Because he's like, why are you pointing a gun at me? I'm just breaking into your apartment. She comes back in and locks the door, to which we immediately think, oh, good. She's locked herself in with the killer because the Mm -hmm. killer got in while she was out in the hall. But then she's walking to the kitchen. And this is the one thing that I really loved, probably completely unintentional again, but the, the big chain of garlic cloves hanging on the wall as she's coming into the kitchen. I didn't notice it. Yeah. It was like a little, like the bad guys in your house, you need some protection kind of of motif next to her as she went right before McGlone appears. That's a nice little detail. Nice little touch. And then, then it's undercut by the fact that her friend comes up the fire escape to say hello. Yes. In the yes. middle of the night. Um, all right. So the movie's... Uh, no, there's another thing I liked. There's oh. another picture. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, do you want me to show it? Well, it's a thing I liked. We're talking about... There's a small window of things I liked, so I wanted to make sure we got this in here. Okay. Is that it? Oh, no, I have to stop sharing and then share the new thing. All right. You have to describe this for the podcast audience. Oh, I'm not sharing it yet. No. There it is. So this is a little um, figurine. It's like a little like dog with a helmet on or something. I don't know what it is, but it's like. It's this little figurine that that the killer has in his taxi hanging off the off the rearview mirror. And um, it's really kind of unnerving the way they shoot it. It's kind of a creepy little it looks there's something unnerving about it to me. And they kept cutting to it. And and I just loved it. It was it was like a real 1970s kind of nod, you know, Um, and. uh, I don't know, that was the thing I like that is a hangman's noose too which is a very particular kind yes. of tie yes done specifically to break the neck of the dropping uh, so uh, you know little little detail little props like that little details to tell something about the, the killer i don't know i thought that was kind of cute but again like i'm reaching this is a, this is a one tiny shot of did a, you of a know tiny that there, there's actually uh did you know that there's actually a real art to the tying of that knot and the placement of it on the on the um yeah it has to be at the right vertebrae it has to be or, right at the right yeah. 
angle so that when they reach the end of the drop, it it hits their head in a way that snaps their neck. God, God forbid somebody gets their neck broken the wrong way. Well, you don't want if it doesn't snap their neck, if it doesn't break their neck, then they then they hang there and strangle. I got you. Dying I got you. Suddenly from a snapped neck. Um, and that would be cruel. That would be cruel. That'd be that'd be awful. Um, uh, this is a terrible. Uh, we've gotten in a terrible territory here. This is just just an awful, trying awful to make movie and an awful conversation, and it's awful. It's just awful, Matthew. Trump, <laughs> Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, a shout out to my buddy David Warshawski, who's a great actor, who's uh, becoming a that guy for sure. He's got a tiny, he's got a one line role as a cop in this. Um, do you know Warshawski? You ever met him? No, he's, uh, he's in There Will Be Blood and The Master, and he pops up in a lot of really great films. Um, what else do we like about this movie? The okay. editing. Okay, I think the reason that this movie holds together at all has to be credited to William William Hoy, who edited this movie. Um, he cut this movie No Way Out, which is a really good film and notable the way that it's edited, in fact. Um, remember that movie? No Way Out. Uh, Kevin Costner. It was his big breakout movie. Um. I believe Gene oh, has yeah, yeah political political thriller where he, he plays uh, a naval guy who's on the run. Naval officer, yeah. And that that movie really relies on some interesting editing to tell the story. Yeah. I really don't want to spoil that movie if you haven't seen it because that's that that's a movie we should probably. I haven't seen it in a long time. We should think about that one. All right, let's do it. But I mean that you know this guy edited that and uh, Outbreak, iRobot. 300 watchmen uh, not movies they love but well made films well put together movies and the the plan of the latest plan of the apes movies i think he, his Wasn't sensibility that, um, the latest plan of the ape movie was um born to be wild right <laughs> yeah. that, was the, that was the prequel right the world building prequel <laughs> um what's your favorite do you have a favorite denzel performance um i like all of those uh everything that's like man on fire yeah i'm i'm a big man on fire fan love that movie Anytime love him in that. Just like when he just goes full full on uh i actually really liked him in runaway train you mean unstoppable unstoppable he's the, great about the runaway train about the runaway train <laughs> yeah I love that movie. Love him in that movie. Yeah, that's a terrific film. Um, I'm a big fan of this. I don't know. Nobody, I don't know if this movie was well received or not, but he made a movie called The Mighty Quinn uh, early on in his career that I really dig that uh, I haven't seen in a while, but I, I like it. He plays, uh, he plays the local police chief on a, on a Caribbean island, and it's this kind of fun uh, detective, you know, like local detective story. Oh, I'll have um, to check that out. Um, you know, I, that's great stuff. Love, love him in that. And then, you know, I mean, obviously Malcolm X, but um, where did he do? Oh, okay. So I'm thinking that he did. He did Bone Collector 
because after Philadelphia, he didn't want, he felt that uh, if he was in a, he was in a, a hospital bed and immobile, he would win an Oscar. Uh, That's maybe what happened. Uh, <laughs> I just fascinated you. It put you to sleep, that story. You're like, I can't stand it. I just, I thought it was Tom Hanks in, in, in Philadelphia. It was, it was him and Tom Hanks. Ah, okay. And Tom Hanks was in the bed, was, it was sick and dying in bed. Oh, okay. Time. I was like, I don't remember Denzel sick in a bed. That's what I'm saying, right? Exactly. That and he, he was like, if everybody remember, been, if I had been in sick in bed, yeah, I would have gotten if an Oscar. I had done full not being able mm -hmm. to get out of bed, I would have won the Oscar. Yeah. Gotcha. No. Stuff, okay. you can't rig this game. You can't. What's also interesting is how, you know, I mean, talk about these kinds of movies. I'm a big fan of this genre, basically, too, except I'm less into the this. This goes a little bit more into the police procedural than the kind of horror thriller genre that I, right. I'm more into. But like the movie Seven, you know, it came out four years before Bone Collector. And it's incredible to see how the impact of Seven was still like they were still trying to remake that movie four right. years later. Like down to all the way they shoot it and the griminess of it, and it just doesn't come close. Do you like Seven? Yes. Yeah. But um, but the way that this movie was at times a a uh, a police procedural, and then said, "Oh, we better put something scary like the jumping rat." In. Just piss me off. The, it's the jumping rat, the the creepy bookstore clerk. Well, the... That's what I'm saying. They were trying to copy all these moves from Seven. Like that's what Seven Seven was. It's like a horror movie, and I love horror movies. So yeah. Seven is a a horror movie, really. That's kind of playing with police procedural stuff, right? And this was kind of to me like an episode of Cheers that was trying to be like Seven. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, th I honestly, I mean, I was shocked at how, at, at some of the, that, his apartment set, it's the worst set I've, I've ever seen. And in it, you can actually see it in this clip if you want to show the clip. This is my favorite shot in the movie. I This happens, and I I had to stop the film and walk away for a couple, for a couple minutes. Okay, here we go. I got a bad feeling about this. So that cop gets shot and they pull all the way back through the window. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just silly. And I had to stop the film at that point and walk away. It's my favorite shot in the movie, but not because it's any good. And the man who, who shot the road warrior had to be upset with that. You can't tell me that the guy who shot the road warrior was happy with that. Studio. This has studio interference all over it. I think that's what I'm saying. Maybe is that this feels like it was a really compromised studio movie that the studio just was stepping all over while they made it. That's what it sounds like to me. Okay. So in the four categories: good movie, bad movie, good bad movie, bad good movie. We give this two bad movies. Would you ever see it again? No. Would no. you show it to a friend just to say, like, you can't believe how bad this is? Would this be the movie you'd pick? There are people I would show it to, not friends. 
I, would I just wouldn't that. sit and like I wouldn't even the stupidest scene in it I wouldn't show somebody except I, for the last scene. I would because, tie Jim Jordan to a chair and make him watch this movie like for years. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, be careful. You know that's a that's you don't you don't really mean that. No, not really. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I wouldn't see it again. I, I, the, I, you know, when a movie ends with the, the climax of your film is Leland Orser rolling around on top of Denzel immobile on the floor, you have a problem. <laughs> you have a very big problem. It, it was, it was it, and all I could think of was how unhappy Denzel looked in that scene, that it was not the character at all. He there just he looked was. like he wanted Leland Orson, Orser to get off of him so badly and he had to be he can't use his arms or legs of course the character can't move so he had to just lie there and i was wondering like i bet you this this could have been the first uh physical counselor on set like i could see this as being the first time somebody was hired to say like okay leland take your hat you're, you're going to touch Denzel's face right now, but just once, and then when we say cut, remove your hand. Do not touch him anymore, okay? Oh, you mean that's the first time they needed an intimacy coach? An intimacy coach. I, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I just... Well, I mean, it's not that bad. I told you I had, I had Robin Williams lying on top of me for like 20 minutes. Yeah, but that's... Oh yeah, you did. And then, and then he that, sounds, me. that sounds like much. That sounds less. I wouldn't. Robin Williams would be funny. Denzel, I'd just, I'd be like, I'd be like nervous. I'd, I don't. I, want, I don't want to lie on top. I don't want to upset you, man. I I would be so uncomfortable as that actor, and and, and he didn't look like he was enjoying it. And it I would be would. like you with Joe Biden and the Secret Service agents. You when you had to point the the tattoo gun at the at the Vice President of the United States. In front I'd, of the I'd, I'd I'd wrestle with Joe Biden any day. He's awesome. <laughs> um. Yeah, so you know, I'm ha my my favorite walk walk away from this is that is that Michael McClone got a couple of got got like forty cents because we rented this movie. Because that's this movie. that makes me happy. Well, then that's a reason I would watch it again to send Mike McClone another forty cents. Um, just just Venmo him that man. <laughs> okay. Well, so uh, I think we've covered this this damn movie. Um, Boy, yeah, really. Just sorry, we gotta, we gotta. What's next week's movie? Next week is gonna be a big fight. I think there might be a big fight next week. Okay, the Arkin brothers might break up next week. There could might be, be the last show. Be virtual fisticuffs. It's going to be the American president, written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by the great Robert Reiner. Mm -hmm. Or Rob Reiner, starring uh, Michael Douglas, Annette Benning, Richard Dreyfus, Michael J. Fox, and Martin Sheen, and a host uh, of other people. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a little cute. 
And we're watching it because the American president, because it's going to be inauguration day. Our next show is next Wednesday. Oh, that's right. That's uh, yeah, that's right. That's why I, that's why I suggested this movie. I thought a way of honoring the transition. Well, Um, you know, honestly, it's not, it's not, the genre is not my go-to, but it might be nice to, to see a nice light, enjoyable light film about, the president. It would be yeah. nice about yeah. a president. Yeah, it could be fun. Things have been so, a little bit, a little bit tense, you know. So nice. To see been little, you've been tense. I've been a little tense. I've been a little tense too. It's yeah. it's, it's been uh, it's been a remarkable uh, a remarkable period of time to live through. An insurrection? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely interesting time thing to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we've got, um, we want to remind people that this show is available as a podcast as well. Tell all your friends because you may not want to look at our faces, but we're much yeah. better looking, uh, on the radio. Yeah. We, we, we look better there. Um, yeah. And not that, you know, wherever you get your podcast is great. It certainly does help us more if you go to Apple podcasts, uh, and, um, and, and I also uh, leave us a review people, there. I want to remind people about your other podcast, Rated P for Paranormal, which I've been listening yeah. to, and which is fantastic. You and and the redoubtable Maddie Blake. Yeah, me and Maddie Blake. Um, we're doing this uh, this thing about paranormal, the paranormal in movies, and maybe we'll branch out to other parts of pop culture. But um, right now, we're covering the paranormal in movies, and that's been a blast. That's been really fun too. That's a terrific. Uh, yeah, but these two shows—it's like made. It's just I, I have I have plenty to do. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm luck, very fortunate. I don't get bored in lockdown. It's been it's been great. It's been terrific. All right. So next week, ten o'clock Wednesday night, the American yep. president. American and, president. Uh, enjoy. Good night, buddy. Good night. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.